Welcome to Confessions of the Queer Believer, exploring and reconciling issues of religion and queer identity in the Black community. I'm your host, Kwame. Welcome once again to the podcast, uh, Confessions of the Queer Believer. I'm your host, Kwame. Uh, we're here again for your fifth episode. Uh, so I just wanted to give a shout out to some of our listeners. I've noticed that we have had uh, an increase in listeners recently, and some of the countries I've noticed, um, well, first of all, the U.S., and we have several states, but we also have a number of listeners in Jamaica. I also noticed that we have listeners in Iran and Liberia, Austria, France, Denmark, Malawi. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're enjoying uh, the podcast. Uh, so today we have um, a guest, uh, Evan Thomas. And uh, just to make some connection, uh, I think my... my my partner, my husband, actually uh, reached out last week uh, and shared his, his profile. Uh, I think he knew that I had an interest in looking at uh, conversion uh, therapy and um, just someone who has experienced this. And Evan has. Uh, Evan is a native of Pennsylvania, uh, just graduated from the Wharton School of Business in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, so we're happy to have... Uh, Evan on our podcast today. Uh, Evan is a, is also a singer, and he's going to be telling us more about that and how we can actually support his 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 uh, his music. Uh, so, welcome to our podcast, Evan. Thanks so much. Great. It's great to be here. Great, great, great. So, once again, congrats on your graduation. Did you have a virtual graduation or? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we sat in my living room with my parents and uh, watched some videos on TV. That was the graduation. Okay, well, you know, it's an accomplishment and I just want to say thanks. So do you have any plans of moving on to grad school? Um, I don't know, we'll see. Um, I'm looking for a job right now. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, okay. that's what's happening. Sounds yeah. good, sounds good, so good. So today, are you still in Philadelphia? What do you get up to these days? Uh, so I'm quarantined with my parents <laughs> oh, wow. in Easton, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And uh, what I what I do, I split my time between trying to find a full time job and um, music, and yeah, that's what oh, I'm great, doing. Great, great. So, well, we're putting that out in the universe, and anyone who listens, <laughs> what what <laughs> what what jobs are you looking for at this time? Is it in um, business? Yeah, I, I studied real estate, oh, and wonderful. I'm interested in in real estate development mm-hmm. um, that has a social impact focus, and uh, that's what I want to do. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, I know we wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, the topic for today's podcast, uh, if I did not say that before, is the fallacy of conversion therapy. And I know, Evan, you have had some experience. But b- before we get to that, I, I know you, you were also raised in a religious home. Can you talk me mm-hmm. through that? Uh, talk me through, you know, were you actively involved in the church? Uh, just walk me through that experience. Yeah. Uh, so I was actually born in New Jersey, and then my family moved to Oklahoma. And then when I was about nine years old, 
my family moved to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, which is oftentimes called the Bible Belt of the North. It's known for um, its thriving Amish and Mennonite population and Christian values and right-leaning politics. And um, yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting place to grow up as, as a gay individual. Um, and yeah, my parents are still very religious, actively involved in the church. And uh, growing up, that was my life, going to church every Sunday. And um, yeah, and the, the church I was involved in, um, it was a good church, but like it, it certainly wasn't one that was affirming or mm-hmm. uh, believed that like what who I was was uh, okay with God. Okay, okay. So you you said so so did did you discuss this with your parents? Um, and, and you know I ask this question sometimes, but at, at at what age were you very aware of of what your sexuality was, and and how how did you confront that? Yeah, I think I became like very aware that I was gay around 13 because all the boys were into girls and I didn't get it. And um, yeah, but I, like, just, but thinking back on that time, I remember as young as eight, like mm-hmm. recognizing like being gay. Um, and uh, I first confessed my sin of homosexuality um, at age 16 and, um, yeah. And, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't well received. And, um, I, and, and I, I really trusted my parents and they basically told me that like, for you to be gay is not the will of God. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. And for the next six years, like I put every ounce of effort into trying to, to force or create the will of God in my life. And it, it just, it didn't really work out. Right. 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 Um, and I must say that like my parents are amazing mm-hmm. and uh, they did everything out of love, out of what they understood to be true. But that was um, their belief. That was just yes, what they thought. Exactly. Was true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and I completely understand that um, being raised in a, you know, in a similar kind of environment that that was their belief and that was what they believed, you know, to be true. Uh, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so you, you mentioned that you had to try to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I know is where I want to go into this whole conversion therapy. I, okay. I, I watched your, that's that video you had on Instagram and I noticed mm-hmm. you, you hinted at, at conversion therapy Mm-hmm. What exactly did you go through? What were you exposed to? And what were you trying to change? Yeah, so my first exposure to conversion therapy was probably a week after my parents w- had confirmation that I was gay. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a very nice counselor in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, who I uh, used to have relationships with women and then decided to uh, got into a relationship with a man and then decided to marry him. And, um, and we talked about life and my sexual attractions. And uh, I think the main takeaway I, I got from that, uh, we just like went through the Bible and I, it was explained to me that like people aren't born gay and you weren't born gay and um and that was like the point that i mm. i walked away with and yeah at the time it felt like really like 
um, like 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 a revelation. Like, oh, I'm if I wasn't born gay, then that then maybe that means that I I can change. Right. Um, yeah. Did you just have one session with that particular therapist? Oh, um, no, several sessions. Mm-hmm. It was a while ago. I haven't thought much about it because yeah. that part of my conversion experience uh, was was so small. Um, yeah. I yeah. think I feel like I feel like I went to see her like once a week for like maybe two months. I'm not really sure, but it wasn't it wasn't very long and it and it wasn't until and it, and I've had like six years of like doing everything possible according to like ex-gay theories um and then seeing that they don't work <laughs> right so so just to to, to 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 talk a little bit about that therapist was mm-hmm. this a certified therapist was this a religious therapist I just wanted to understand uh you know that part of the uh the conversion therapy yeah um to be honest, I don't know. I didn't choose this person. Okay, right, right. You were um, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I just know that I went and was told that this is a safe space to talk about my feelings, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, if I even wanted to look up this person, like I don't even remember her you name. Don't remember the name, right? right yeah, right, right. my parents might, but yeah, I. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. Like because she she chose her own life and she believes what she believes, and I'm I'm not here to like try to like fight that person but like i just know my story and and it's true to me so mm-hmm. yeah that's it's your truth uh so mm-hmm. you said there are things that happened after because i noticed you you mentioned conversion therapy in the context of uh, an organized situation but you also have mentioned therapy in terms of just exposure to bodies of work whether it's reading whether it is praying whether it is whatever so talk to mm-hmm. me about what, what was that experience like for you and and how do you you know, when you reflect on your conversion therapy, how did you, how did it make you feel? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, so I, I was given an, an ex-gay book, um, like right when I came out and, uh, I wasn't, I didn't really read it at first. It wasn't very interesting to me. Um, but I knew that in order, I felt as if to please my parents and to escape the judgment of God and hell that I needed to do something about my homosexual attractions. And, um, and so interestingly enough between, um, so I, I graduated high school in 2014 and, um, I decided to take two gap years between high school and college to, uh, to be a missionary with, um, with, or with an organization that like, believes in miracles and believes that like homosexuality is wrong. And, um, and, and I surrounded myself with, with people like that. And then um, I was hoping that just being in the environment and praying and, and just like giving everything to God that, um, that my homosexuality would diminish or go away or that attractions to women would start stuff like that. And um I was horrified after uh, like the first six months of like doing all of that stuff and then coming back home that like I was just as gay as I was when I left. Um, and I was I was reading journal entries just a couple of days ago from that time. And I was just so 
sad and miserable. I didn't feel like I fit in. Um, and I just, all the journals indicate that like, I just, I just knew that this was wrong and I was doing everything in my power to just like extract this from me, hoping that God would do some sort of miracle. Um, and he didn't. And yeah. And then after, after that, like first horrific experience of like realizing all my prayers hadn't been answered, um, that's when I started to read that, that specific ex-gay conversion therapy book again, because I needed more information and, um, and just started like adopting some of those ideas and, and speaking with the leaders of the organization about my problems and how to like fix them. And, um, yeah, like, like that organization wasn't like an ex-gay ministry, um, even though I've had like brief exposure to, to those as well. Um, but the whole ethos, um, was very much like an ex-gay ministry and like getting advice from people who aren't qualified <laughs> really to mm -hmm. give advice on issues like this. Um, yeah, that, that was my experience. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've listened to you and I'm, I'm also thinking, did, did you have any friends who were, were themselves uh, queer and um, yeah. did they, how was that? How are, how are those interactions that you have friends who are, you know, embracing you or saying it's okay or, you know, how did you respond to that? Yeah. Hmm. So especially while I was growing up, Lancaster, Pennsylvania was super homophobic. Mm. Um, so like it took a while for like all the gay kids in my high school to come out, I feel. And, um, and they were certainly judged by me, including um, when they came out. And uh, so like in high school, I remember um, there was this, this one guy that I got close to who was gay. Um, and uh, he approached me and asked me um, if I was gay. Um, and this was after I told my parents that I was gay. And um, I was like, yes, but like, I'm trying to change. And he, he expressed how impressed he was at how I was like handling myself and like doing the right thing. And, um, and he ended up, st he started coming to church with me and, and stuff like that. Um, I know that when I was on this extended missions trip, there were several gay people um, there as well. And um, I, I was able to connect with them. And the idea, everyone had this like self-reinforcing idea that like it is wrong to accept who you are that bad things will happen if you if you give into this identity, um, and yeah, that was the basic idea. Okay, what 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 changed for you, Evan? Because this was something you accepted for for years. What what, what mm -hmm. made the change for you? When did you not accept that this was okay? That it, that it was not okay to you know to accept that um, you know conversion therapy is fine. You know, and what what changed mm -hmm. that for you? Yeah, I think it was certainly a journey. Um, I think it started with, with realize, well, with, with receiving advice, um, and seeing that it was, it just wasn't very good advice and it was unrelated to like my sexuality, but kind of related at the same time. Um, and basically like in college, I just, I had this vision and desire to see God, um, reach people on my college campus. And, um, 
and I, I basically ended up giving all of my time and all of my energy uh, to to evangelism and prayer and and organizations that were fundamentalist Christian. And um, at the end of that semester, I was so depressed, mm -hmm. and I and I didn't understand why. And I had I had just given like I I thought that oh I'm supposed to give all of who I am to God and like why why am I so sad it didn't make sense to me right. and um and so i we there's like winter break at school and throughout the entirety of winter break i would just spend a lot of time thinking and reflecting and trying to understand like i was i was living this perfect christian life and like why am i so unhappy why am i so sad why is there no joy and uh eventually i had to be real with myself. And the answer was, Evan, you are gay and you've been running from it for your entire life. And uh, that was a lot to deal with. And um, it was a lot to deal with for everyone who was important in my life because they didn't like the fact that I was gay and actively supported me in, in, in wanting to change that part of my identity. Okay. Um, I think that was the, the biggest, that was the, not the biggest, but that was the first part of breaking this down. Mm -hmm. um, but then the second part, like it was certainly a journey and like probably a year, year and a half later, um, someone close to me um, who was gay left a suicide note. Yeah. And, um, and before this point, I, I, I came to accept my identity as, as a queer person, but still, wholeheartedly believed that like acting out on it yes, was a sin. Yes, yes. And um and so that was the place I was in and like the people around me were okay with that and they're like, oh this is cool. And then um yeah and then that traumatic experience happened. Right. Um and uh, I didn't know what that meant. I had never thought much about homosexuality and suicide. I just started Googling and um, was just heartbroken and disturbed by all the stories I was reading about people who, who go through conversion therapy and pray that God changes them. And then at the end of the day, aren't changed and then have so much rejection from their family and friends and uh, feel as if they wasted years of their life. And, um, and then I started doing more research into all the other options that that the fundamentalist church gives to um, gay Christians, which are celibacy and um, and mixed orientation marriages, mm -hmm. and all of them just seemed as if like people were depressed and they were not living fulfilled lives. And um, and someone who was my mentor throughout college. Um, he would say that like the reason why we follow the law of God is because it will lead to human flourishing. Mm -hmm. And I believed that wholeheartedly. I still do believe that. And, um, and so, so I believed that like, Oh, if I like abstain from sex and do all these things and don't accept my identity, like that it will lead to my human flourishing. And then unfortunately, um, Seeing all this research, um, it was just very clear that what the fundamentalist Christian church has to say about um, about homosexuality is not leading to human flourishing. Mm -hmm. And it just it, it didn't make sense. It, it, it wasn't right. And eventually I, I just had to conclude that, hey, right. maybe this is a sin. 
you, you've said you've said quite a lot, uh, and and I I just wanted yeah. to yeah I I wanted to to just go back a bit to the that that issue of suicide. It, it is such uh-huh. a heavy subject uh, mm-hmm. for me, and mm-hmm. um, when I think about the the suicide note, was it someone who was close to you? Um, was this person struggling with self acceptance because of sexuality? Yeah, um, it was someone very close to me, and I don't want to go into it too much. No, because no, that's fine. That's fine. It's like it's not my story. Yes, uh, but it like thankfully like they are alive and and they're fine and very good. Mm, um, that's good. That's good. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. Yeah. And, and um, how did, because that clearly was also seemingly a turning point in, mm-hmm. in your own life. And mm-hmm. um, what kind of a mental and emotional impact did that have on your own life, though? Yeah. So it was, um, I would say that 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 experience actually at first, ironically, had a, had a positive impact. Um, and the reason why is because I was able to, just by doing the research, I was able to open my mind and uh, and begin a wonderful process of self-acceptance mm. um, through, like, like, if this person, like, actually committed suicide, I don't think that this would have been, like, like, such a fruitful experience. But, like because of because of that person's action um yeah i was able to i was able to learn and and start to have more confidence in the things that i believed um but then long term i think the unfortunate thing is is that story of of people who survive conversion therapy or don't survive conversion therapy started to become my own as i started to share with the people closest to me the conclusions I had come to and the stories that I was experiencing. And, and um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm quite happy that you have uh, been able to tell the tale, so to speak. Um, we've had mm-hmm. quite a lot of mixed experiences. This is something I'm, I feel very, <laughs> I use the, I use the term heavy about because, um, you know, I'm also disturbed in many respects because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of religious organizations have invested significantly, um, in terms of setting up camps across the world, um, mm-hmm. you know, for, for conversion therapy. And, and I think it, it, it has been doing mm-hmm. a lot of disservice to a lot of people, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and persons who are still struggling with self-acceptance. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we have to do for persons who have and, and accept themselves and accept their faith is that we have to push against that tide. And it's so mm-hmm. very important because of the fact that there are so many young people who are growing up who will have similar experiences as our own and who mm-hmm. will wonder, what do I do? And, and that's why I, I, it's so important to have voices like ours out there to know that, you know, I'm gay. I'm black, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I accept myself. You know, I accept yeah. that I'm a child of God, and I accept mm-hmm. that I can be faithful to God. I accept that I can be fully involved in God's service, and mm-hmm. I can be gay. You know, and, and I think mm-hmm. that that's one of the things that you know it, it's so very important. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, you wrote a song and um, about self acceptance, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is very interesting. I love music, so that that mm-hmm. gets me excited. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So talk to us about that song you wrote. Are you referring to Like I Do or Foundations? I think it might be Foundations. Was that the fo- I think it might be Foundations that I Okay. Heard. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> that song was written during the time I was alluding to you when I started telling my best friends uh, that like I'm gay and I don't think it's a sin <laughs> and um and they disagreed and didn't support um and uh, at the same time like I was a senior in college so this was quite recent and um I was trying to find new friends and trying to find people who would support me and uh it was just difficult because like sometimes it's just hard to find friends and like I had spent like all my college time, like investing into like an anti-gay community. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it was, so it was new, really. The new friendships, the values were significantly different, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was, yeah. it was just, it was I a difficult. I can identify with that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so um, just out of that frustration, um, I, I wrote the song saying I, I can't live the life I'm supposed to live and I can't live the lie or I can't live the life I, I want to live and I can't live the lie I'm supposed to live. Uh, so what the hell am I supposed to do? And, um, and I just recently released that song. Mm, um, great, great. So where, where can our audience find that song? Where can we purchase? Where can we stream? You know, <laughs> um, anywhere you find music. So Spotify, Apple music, uh, Google play. Uh, if you search Evan Thomas, and uh, the song Foundations, and I have a couple other songs out, uh, like I do Cool Kid Rules, and I have an album uh, coming out on my birthday, August wow. 21st. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And when will that be released, your, your album? Once again, all the same platforms. Wonderful, um, wonderful, wonderful. So, yeah. guys, we have to get out. We have to support everyone. We have to ensure we support Evan on this journey. Uh, is music something that you also want to take uh a step further in terms of a, a professional in music as well? Yeah, I would love that. Um, the reason why I decided to pursue music was just after all this reflection on my life, I realized that a big reason why I didn't pursue music was because of homophobia and internalized homophobia and beliefs that like music is for girls, sports is for boys. And um, yeah, and I, I just decided like, I'm good at music and uh, I'm no matter who cares if I'm successful. Like I just know that I have a gift that I want to share to the world. And, um, and it'd be really cool if I could do it professionally. Um, But the good thing is I have an education just in case it doesn't work out. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you hinted at something that it's so interesting that, uh, you know, my, I love my grandma dearly, but I remember Mm -hmm. when I, we, we started a, uh, a dramatic group, a theater group in our in our church, and um, mm-hmm. I wanted to get involved, and she was like, "No, no, no, you're not <laughs> going to get involved in that. That's not for yes. that, that, that." I know, I know the connection, and you know what connection she was talking about. <laughs> she yeah. she was just so scared that I was possibly going to turn gay because right. I'm going to start, and I, you know, I I didn't I didn't pursue it, but but mm-hmm. I loved it, and I felt so bad about it, so. Yeah, interesting. You know, the, the, it's a shame. The, yeah, the, the the similar paths we tread sometimes. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and, and then, and can I just add that I feel like those belief systems 
are destroying the image of God in people. Like you could have pursued theater and been incredible and pro provided so much value to the theater world. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, because that was never invested in, yeah. like this here, here we are today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let, let's take it back now, because we started with your, your religious upbringing, your home. You are, mm -hmm. you are now in full acceptance of who you are. I am. How, how have your parents responded? Because they now, <laughs> they now know that you are, and they have journeyed through you. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing, my best friend listened to the podcast last, uh, and he said, you know, Jason, the one thing I appreciate is that everybody's story is different. Everyone mm -hmm. I've heard on this podcast, their journey is different. Some have had great experiences. Their parents have accepted them fully. And then some mm -hmm. have not necessarily have had that experience just yet. So how has your true. experience been? Yeah. Um, I think that it's been overall positive. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, it took a long time to, mm -hmm. to get the love and acceptance that I needed. But I think that my parents... Are, are really coming around yeah. and I'm proud of how far they've come and um, and, I'm, and I'm often surprised by like at, by their willingness to support me so that's amazing that's amazing it's a start you know and, and that, that starts mm -hmm. us something good and um, mm -hmm. in terms of your own faith in terms of your own affirming community are, are you a part of an affirming community right now or you know, how, how do you practice your own faith now? Is How, how has that experience been? Because, you know, I, I know how different, difficult it can be finding that mm -hmm. space and accepting that space as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that I'm very much in transit in mm -hmm. life. And that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I, like, I'm, I'm here quarantined in my parents' house. Right. And, um, and, um, and because of that, um, like it's, I, I just don't have roots down and yes. like eventually yeah. I'll move and have roots Absolutely. and hopefully we'll find a community that, that loves and supports me there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I, I would also say that like my Christian upbringing and my Christian faith is such an integral part of, of who I am. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, um, like some people don't, don't think that I can be gay and Christian, uh, but I think it is possible. So. Yeah, yeah I, I know it is possible. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I wish you all the very best in, in your own, you know, future uh, as, as you pursue. And I think it's so very important to accept that life is a journey. And I mean, I think you will continue to grow and we'll continue to learn more about ourselves and um, mm -hmm. you know this journey that we're on um a, a large part of the audience here is are for those persons who are still struggling with acceptance um mm -hmm. for persons who some might have accepted but there's some persons who yes i am am queer i am religious um mm -hmm. I, i'm still not sure you know if if i can reconcile those two um mm -hmm. who have had experiences such as ours um some who who might not care and might also have rejected the church just because of the, the complicity of the church as well in mm -hmm. terms of you know in terms of homophobia and, and discrimination as well mm -hmm. um what do you have to say to that you know to that gay man um to you know a lesbian to someone who is trans mm -hmm. 
um, you know, someone who sees themselves as beautiful, as amazing, um, but still is struggling. And um, what could you say to encourage that person? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, th- the thing is, I feel like I'm so early on this journey of self-acceptance yeah. 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 that yeah. I don't I don't necessarily have answers and I'm not that's, seeking to give fine. answers. That's fine. That's fine. Um, and I think, however, that I guess if that would, I think that would be my encouragement. And that was the encouragement that I got from, from people I was speaking to like only a couple months ago that, that you don't need answers. Um, yeah. That, that it, it, like if you just continue to, to love who you are and love God, uh, I think that things will will ultimately work out in your favor. Mm-hmm. So you don't need answers. You don't need to convince anybody. Um, I guess that's what I'd say. I love that. I love that. No need convincing anyone. Um, and I, th- I think that's, that's very important. Um, it's important to know that each man's journey, each woman's journey, um is 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 their own and it and it's and it's very important um mm-hmm. and um I, i'm thankful i'm thankful for everyone who has been able to share on this podcast mm-hmm. um also thankful for the experiences i think you know several people have been able to relate to something uh which someone has said uh evan it, it has been an absolute pleasure sharing <laughs> with you uh this afternoon um i think you know, it's 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 been one of those things that I've 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 listened to a lot in terms of conversion therapy and some of the issues, the you mm-hmm. know some of those issues. And um, one of the things that I've often wanted to say is that I have always approached this podcast with a lot of love, and um, mm-hmm. I, I I harbor no <laughs> no no hate um, towards anyone who you mm-hmm. know. However, I, I think it, it is very important that we be very bold and very confident in love and in, in self-acceptance of who we are. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's very important. And, and that's one thing I'm, I'm not going to compromise on, the fact that mm-hmm. we should be loving ourselves in our complete mm-hmm. selves, the fact that we're gay and we're, and we're religious and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and we're black and, and we should never compromise on those things. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I end this podcast with love, you know, and, um, you know, I, I continue to affirm that. Um, once again, for persons who are listening, find an affirming space, find, find friends who will support you, uh, find communities, find conversations, um, speak with people, find books um, that will build you up and let us mm-hmm. you know, focus on you know, that beautiful future we will have ahead. Uh, thanks once again, Evan, for joining. Uh, thank you. Great. So we want to thank you so much for joining us for our fifth episode. Uh, uh, I have been getting some feedback from listeners, and I'm so thankful for your your feedback. Uh, feel free for persons who want to share how the episodes, how the podcast uh, uh, have been affecting you or Im- impacting you, uh, just feedback in general. Feel free to share with us uh, at cotqbpodcast at gmail.com. If you use the Anchor app, uh, feel free as well to send us a voice note on that as well. But thank you so much for joining. Uh, continue to listen to us. Have a good one. Bye-bye.